Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The subcommittee will come to order without objection. The chair may declare a recess at any time. What you're hearing is from May of this year, and it's 2022, by the way, in case you've stumbled across this somewhere and it's like three years from now. But this is from the first congressional hearing on UFO sightings in 50 plus years. Pentagon officials, lawmakers talking about UAPs. That's their word, unidentified aerial phenomena. Their word for whatever is going on up there. For too long. Pilots avoided reporting or were laughed at when they did. I'm not spoiling anything by saying there wasn't any news flash or something big to come out of this. So far, nobody's landed on the White House lawn. Uh, again, if that's happened by now, this is out of date, so go ahead and stop listening. But if it hasn't, and if the universe is as big as it is, where is everybody? I've got questions. This is our Aliens show, because we were bound to do this eventually, right? Welcome. Thanks for being here. How are you? Today, we give you the for and against other life out there. Kind of doing a points-counterpoint for the different theories, and when I was thinking of who to get for this, I wanted someone who could do all those different angles, and here he is. Okay, right. Well, my name is Jim Al-Khalili. I'm a professor of physics at the University of Surrey here in England. And his books, yes, they sit on my bookshelf. Aliens, Science Asks, Is There Anyone Out There? And the latest one, The Joy of Science, that's from a few months ago. And the Aliens book, it has those different perspectives. Biologists, astronomers, physicists, chemists, even psychologists who are exploring why we have this passionate obsession that we do believe that alien life exists. We make up our minds about something and then don't bother to dig into it. So open up your mind and let's start digging. The first point was mentioned already. This place where we live, the universe is so big that our brains cannot actually grasp it. It is beyond us. So if there's that much out there, and there is, where are the neighbors? Yeah, I mean, that quote, where is everybody, was actually over half a century ago by a physicist, Enrico Fermi. It's called the Fermi paradox. The universe could be infinite. So where is everybody? You know, why should life only exist on this third planet away from a, a very boring star in, in sort of the outer suburbs of a perfectly normal galaxy? Yeah, why should it just be here? Call that the of course there's life view. The counter argument is math that it's so hard to get life that we basically won the lottery. Going from primordial ooze to actually making it happen, and obviously we're taking religion out of this, but actually getting it to happen, here's another science quote, is like getting a tornado to go through a junkyard and make you an airplane. It just doesn't happen. But, you know, the fact is life started here on Earth pretty soon after the Earth was able to sustain life. Three and a half billion years ago, life started. So it started very quickly here. So there is that temptation to think, well, maybe that step isn't as difficult. But maybe also we need to define life. Maybe what we find is like tiny, like a microbe, which maybe to some people is disappointing because, you know, it doesn't talk. I mean, I blame Hollywood, really, right? I mean, and, and science fiction, you know, we assume they have a face and eyes and mouth and arms and legs and so on. But the fact is, 
intelligent life may well be the difficulty. But just to be clear, I mean, you would still be like floored by a space cactus. Yeah. Me and and probably every other scientist, (laughs) any form of life elsewhere and a plant which is multicellular. Wow. I love the enthusiasm for space cacti. Take all that as your background, your expectation setting of what could be out there as we now skip ahead to the good stuff, because we want to talk about aliens. Why haven't they come? Unless, of course, they have. But for now, why haven't they visited? And theory number one is the distance is just too great. And I hear you. You're saying, Mike, come on. They are so much more advanced than we are. The fact is, according to our current understanding, Einstein's theory of relativity, nothing can travel faster than light. The nearest stars in our neighborhood maybe tens or hundreds of light years away, then even traveling at the speed of light, that's how long it would take for them to reach us. Of course, if you travel close to the speed of light, relativity says less time goes by for you. Okay, I feel like that part deserves a bit of a breakdown here. So what he's saying is alien visitors in the ship, picture them flying along, going the speed of light. They could make it. Time does not pass for them like it does normally. But back home, once they visit here and they want to go back, their kid is suddenly a grandparent because things are normal back there. You've seen this in movies. Space gets complicated. But let's say they've got warp drive. Problems with time are solved. If they can do that kind of stuff, are we even interesting to them? Or are we just like an ant colony? That's a fantastic example where an alien civilization is so much in advance of us. They're like gods to us. And then we should be worried. Is it in our best interest that they make contact with us? Are they going to look after us? Are they going to be benevolent? Or are they going to see us as ants that they can tread on? That's a warning that's gone out before from some pretty smart people. You'll also hear sometimes, oh, they're going to come here and harvest the planet. They need our resources. They need the water. They need the gold. Counterpoint to that is if they've got the whole galaxy, they've probably got plenty of stuff. There's also a chapter in the book that says basically don't flatter yourself. The aliens, they don't want to eat you because they probably could not digest you. And they don't want to spend the night with you because however hot you think you are, they're not going to be interested. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. (laughs) With that, on to theory two. And this one's also based on flattery. Maybe there's so much life out there, they don't care to stop by because we're not very special. Again, another well-trodden path in science fiction that, you know, we haven't been able to detect other life forms and other civilizations, but it may be that there is some galactic organization full of lots of different alien species that we are just so backward in comparison with. Let us just develop. When we get to a point where they feel we are mature enough to appreciate things, then they'll make themselves known to us. Shout out to my Star Trek fans who were saying, well, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Theory three, kind of a sad one. Nobody gets to the point of being able to make it that far outside of their solar system. War or climate change, you run out of resources, you know, Rome fell, so they all do. Yeah, I don't actually by that particular argument that no civilization can survive long enough to reach a level where it can travel across the galaxy because it will always wipe itself out. That may be a human trait. Uh, And even if some do, there must be some who are intelligent enough to figure out, now, hang on a minute, if we do this, it won't go well for us. It is the glass half full approach. What makes you smile when you wake up at night and you think about all this? Do you know what what makes me smile most is the fact that for over a century now, we've been announcing that we exist because we've had radio and television. So electromagnetic waves have been radiating out into space. 
So, you know, there will be an alien race who are, who are just getting I Love Lucy <laughs> transmitted. So. I hope they laugh at I Love Lucy. I mean, she's a great ambassador. One more thing, and then one last theory to wrap this. The sense I'm getting is whatever we find, if we find it, it's probably not going to be like the movies. I think that's correct. A lot of science fiction writers and movie makers are being more imaginative now. So it may be. And they'll say, see, told you that was exactly what we did in our, in our movie. It, 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 there won't be little green men. That iconic image of what an alien looks like is highly, highly unlikely to be true. Now, the last one. What if it is just us? I think that's the lesson. I think that's the, that's the lesson that while it's fun and fascinating to explore whether life exists elsewhere, until we find anything, we are alone in the universe. And this place that we call home, which is very fragile, by the way, is the only place we've got. If it's the only place in the entire universe where there's life, that really brings home just how important it is that we look after it. This was my favorite thing this week. The first pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. You saw them all over the internet. NASA Administrator Nelson, I'm going to turn this over to you. So will you please tell us about what we're seeing? Mr. President, if you held a grain of sand on the tip of your finger at arm's length, that is the part of the universe that you're seeing, just one little speck of the universe. And in that speck, thousands of galaxies. Again, it's hard for our minds to even understand it. Thanks for listening. Send me questions. I've got questions at odyssey.com or check the show notes. This comes from KNX News 97.1 FM in Los Angeles. We'll talk again. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.